It's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider with Jeff Franklin, Stephen McFadden, Meg Herber, and Bill Petrie. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. The Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Jeff, Stephen, Meg, and Bill. And welcome to another edition of the Industry Insider Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, are three of my pals who co-host this fine, fine platinum-level broadcast. But we'll get to them in a minute first. I want to thank our sponsor for this episode, our good pals over at Vault Promotions. Now, you may have heard those badge nerds over there are now selling coasters. We talked about that the last few weeks. If not, you've heard now. They all have they have farmhouse-inspired collection of coasters including locally sourced wood, leatherette, and slate, all printed in full color. And these guys are serious about ending watermarks on your furniture. You know, when I think of the perfect promotional gift to sell individually or in sets, it is the coaster. They can even personalize these things with individual names, monograms, or any variable data, and they can be fulfilled online through a release program if that's what you want. All their coasters are absorbent, so the water doesn't just collect at the bottom of that coaster and then dribble off out of the furniture. They really absorb. And there's another other uses for promotional coasters as well. You know, you can take one of them, you can wedge it under the leg of a table and stop that annoying wobble. I think we've all done that before. You can stack two or three of them on top of each other in a pinch to use as a door jam, kind of kind of keep up a door open. You can place them over your eyes when power napping. I know Jeff, uh, Jeff Franklin does that. You can place <laughs> them over your eyes when power That's napping true. at the office to get some truly peaceful shut eye. And, hey, you need to entertain a dog? I've got a new puppy. You can toss one of these miniature Frisbees across the room, and, and I can watch Shelby go nuts. But actually, um, you really don't want to do that. Uh, they, <laughs> I've, I've tested it. I, they don't fly that well. Um, I can get about 16 yards out of the wood ones if there's a little breeze at my back. But quite honestly, they're pretty shitty Frisbees. But there really are <laughs> other uses for these coasters. And right now they're offering a free self-promo set of these coasters along with an EQP for your first order. So go ahead and head over to shittyfrisbees.com to learn more and grab your free coasters. You won't be sorry you did. Now, as I mentioned, we've got three other people on this fine, fine platinum-level broadcast. The lovely and talented Meg Erber from SNS Activewear. Hey. Stephen McFadden, also lovely, also talented. The president of Perfect Promotions and More. What's up? And my favorite Jeff of all time, Jeff Franklin, the national accounts manager at Headwear USA. Hello, Promo Landia. <laughs> I will I say that's the first time I've been first, I think. I'm kind of well, happy. I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you got to keep people guessing. Now, what we're going to talk about today is it's a, it's a topic I is near and dear to my heart. It's actually not. I haven't thought about this in years. But <laughs> I think it's a really good topic for us to cover. And it's about the showroom. And there's a lot of distributors, and and Stephen, as the distributor on this podcast, is going to kind of lead us through this conversation. But I want to talk about the showroom. How do you keep it fresh? Do you have a showroom? Why do you have a showroom? What's the value of it? And then obviously from the supplier side, how do you stock a showroom? How do you make sure that the right products are in there? So Stephen McFadden, let's start with you. Please take the microphone. You, It's your dime. It's your <laughs> dance floor. You drive the truck. Let's go. Sounds good. So we thank uh, you, we, Stephen. That was great. Now, Jeff, what do you think about? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were done, Stephen. <laughs> you know, it's hard to tell sometimes when I'm done. But here we go. So we um, we do have a showroom. Um, it, it's funny to watch how our showroom strategy has evolved over the past 
uh, you know, 10 years or so. So we, you know, we, we realized that we needed to have, um, you know, we saw, we saw the value in how we wanted to display our products, obviously, which is the point of the showroom, but also to have it as a, as a meeting space, um, you know, in an area that can kind of jog ideas. We always say our, our showroom is an idea generator, not necessarily a, a product display platform. Um, but it, you know, one of our challenges that we have is, you know, we get sent so many things and we've got boxes and upon boxes of just product coming in. Um, how do we, how do we display it effectively? You know, we, you know, about 10 years ago, like I said, we, we had a showroom and it was, it was just filled. It was, bu- you know, buckets and bins of, of hundreds of products. And honestly, when someone came in, it was overwhelming, but for the wrong reasons, it was overwhelming because there was just so much stuff. It wasn't necessarily helping them come up with ideas. It was more literally just overwhelming and probably stressing them out. Um, so we've shifted a little bit and created it to make, uh, you know, make more of a, a retail space, uh, less is more kind of strategy, you know, limiting the types of products that are on there. And, uh, but, but yeah, you know, we, that one of our challenges we have is how do you keep up with it? You know, when there's a thousand pieces in this, in the, in a showroom, mm-hmm. how do we know that they're, they're still available? How, how do we know that they're haven't been discontinued or, you know, is, is old now? And, um, how do we display those? And, and honestly, I don't get to a lot of other distributor showrooms. I mean, I've seen several, but I haven't seen a lot. And just thought it would be cool, maybe from a, a, a supplier perspective too, for those that visit other distributors to see, you know, how do they do it? What do they look like? You know, is it, is, do you see a trend? Do you see people changing from, you know, the clutter room to the retail shop or like what's, what's going on? Okay, right. so that was a great <laughs> podcast, everybody. Meg, yeah, go ahead. Or, yeah, go. Jeff, Meg, let's start with you, Jeff, since you're All such right. high energy today. <laughs> Why don't you tell us, you know, how, how many – you have a pretty big client base of, of distributors you work with. How many, percentage-wise, how many of them have a showroom, and how many do it well? What do you, when you walk in, how do you know a showroom is managed well? Yeah, so I mean, that's actually a really good question. That's Thank one of the you. things I was going to say as far as um Thank you for knowing that. Yeah. Uh it's one of the things I was going to say like when you walk into, a, you know, a, a distributor's uh building, it's actually kind of a rare thing to see a really nice showroom. Yep. Um it's it's kind of shocking. Um but, you know, I understand like, you know, a lot of times it's 97% small business, so a lot of the smaller guys are you know, lucky to have an office or something that they're, you know, actually operating out of, let alone enough space to actually create a showroom. Uh, I do like the way that Steven's going about it, though, as more of an idea generator as opposed to like an actual display, because I know when I worked on the distributor side, we did have a small showroom, but it wasn't really uh, a place where we had a lot of end users or customers come into our office to actually go through the showroom. I know that there are some larger distributors that are actually utilizing their showroom in that manner, uh, and I'm sure that works well. Um, but to answer Stephen's question, at least, uh, you know, sort of my feedback on it, uh, one of the ways you can manage it well, I think the best way really, in my opinion, is consolidation, like to, to really only show the product that you're really pushing. Um, I know I get really excited about, you know, maybe 10% of what we offer, you know, as a supplier. Um, you know, so as a, as a, as a distributor, you know, you're probably really excited about maybe a hundred items, you know, that you're selling or that you're pushing. And then the rest of it's just sort of, uh, you know, as somebody's giving you, 
like Stephen, I know you work with Numo a lot and some of their custom, you know, yeah. cut and sew stuff. You know, I'm sure you've got a lot of that stuff displayed. Uh, we as do. far yeah. as you know, shirts and polos, like or whatever it might be, you know, you're gonna you're gonna find stuff that you really like and that you would want to show uh, for your retail space. And the rest of it basically is just you know. Um, it would it would basically just you know come from the customer you know if they're looking for something in particular that's when you would you know go find it it's not necessarily something you would have to be dis- have displayed and that way if you're working with a, a limited selection of stuff then it's easier to keep on top of yeah that's a good point yeah so i guess on in my background i've been on both sides of this industry i've been into ton of customers and i would say about 50 percent of them even have showrooms and of that hmm. maybe 25 percent of them are doing it right a lot of times it's just sometimes it's a total mess you walk in and it's just oh, like what is going on it's so overwhelming to me that i'm like i can't even be in here because it's giving me like anxiety so i i when I go into a showroom, if I'm an end user and I'm walking in there, I want to see something that's nice and clean and put together really nice. I also want them to make it easy for me. Um, there are showrooms where you might have just a wall of t-shirts and a wall of polos and a wall of jackets. And it's like, I don't even, I still don't even know where to start. I have been given the gift of helping um, a customer actually next week. They've, they've, They've expanded, basically. They built an entire warehouse that's next to their offices, and they've given me their apparel room. They've given it to me to design. They went out and bought all this really cool industrial piping. We have a mannequin set up that we're going to change out once a quarter, so it'll be strategic. So the first quarter, it'll be like a whole golf setup. And it's not going to just be all polos. It's going to be a polo, a hat, a bag, golf balls, golf tees. It'll be a whole table geared to that target market market or that um that vertical market so it's good to have an idea a game plan you, you know and, and it is also good to freshen it up maybe every quarter based on what what's going to be trending that you know summertime or fall or fourth quarter um but keep it clean uh also like it's a really good idea like i'm, I'm looking at pictures on the internet right now actually and if it, it, they're grouping things together which i think is amazing like if you have let's say one of your colleges is like yellow and brown for instance we have rowan right down the street they're golden brown um you have a whole set maybe you have a shirt an apron a clipboard coffee mugs um pens notebooks and it's all designed with the same type of logo or branding and that really i think becomes the idea source people can see oh my gosh i didn't know you did aprons now you're getting that conversation ball rolling to whereas maybe they just came to you for your t-shirts or your pens and now they can picture a whole package it also goes along with someone saying hey i have a 75 dollars budget instead of going out and getting a 75 dollars jacket you you can group things together by offering multiple items all under $75. And then when they can see it in your showroom put together like that, it also works really well. It kind of, you know, backs up your initial proposal and, and it just kind of helps them visualize what their, um, what their marketing plan should look like when they can see it. So I keep things clean, you know, less is more having 5 million t-shirts and 5 million sweatshirts and 5 million pens, I don't think is the best way to go about it. If you have the time to really manage it and put it together well, I, I think you should group vertical markets together or industries together and and have a plan to whereas someone could walk in and see a whole setup and just literally be able to pull ideas from that setup. Yeah, and, and I mean, I have a distributor background as well, you know, and for, for years, I do. For <laughs> my, I mean, I got into this industry working at uh, Halo Branded Solutions, and 
the office we had in um, my first office where I worked was in White Plains, New York, and every office had a a very uh, uh, detailed in, in a lot of a lot of product uh, showroom. And the hard thing was, man, someone needed to manage it. Mm-hmm. And and it's one of those things. It's it's uh, as my dad would say, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You have all these great intentions of we're going to keep this up. It's going to be retail focused. It's going to be nice. It's never going to be dusty. We're never going to have outdated product on there. We're never going to you know. And it becomes a Herculean task. And so, Stephen, what I want to know from you is how do you deal with that? I mean, because that was a continual, whether I was at Halo, where I was at Summit, um, you know, every distributor I've ever worked for that had a showroom, it was a very legitimate and real struggle <laughs> to to because I mean the worst thing the, the last thing you want to do is have a client come in and say ooh I love that jacket well yeah that's from three years ago no one makes that anymore yeah, right. move on exactly. Skippy exactly. so how do you how do you do that do you assign a role does someone handle that or do you just like set it on fire once a year and start over <laughs> well it's, fu- it's funny the, the fire method I feel like is uh, we, we end up there I think after a couple years where it's like you, you know what throw, throw it all out you know let's just order what we want now but um, you know, it's it's it is a strategy. We we also, you know, it's very easy for it to get messy you know, very very quickly. Um, it it takes. You know, I'm I'm actually looking out right now into the showroom, and we've had two boxes come uh, last week with new products in it, and they're sitting now in the middle of the showroom, and I've got plastic and cardboard everywhere because I got to go find a spot for each of the pieces that we've ordered <laughs> for the shelves, and it's like. Yeah, it is. You have to be super intentional about it. One of the strategies we've gotten decent at um, and, and better at over the years is when we have an, an end user, excuse me, not an end user, when we have a, a, a supplier do a visit, whether it's a multi-line or, or a supplier uh, visiting in the showroom, is we ask them if they would, before they leave, take a look through the products that we have displayed for them and let us know if they know of anything that's been discontinued. Um, so they can look through and they'll be like, actually, this one was this one we got rid of and this one's gone or you know whatever. So that that helps us. That's been a, that's been a good strategy, um, and it's probably saved us some from showing some discontinued products from time to time. Uh, right now we have um, a gal who's trans uh, who's interested in going more into sales, um, and you know is currently doing a lot of CSR work, and we, she has come from in there well it's funny because (laughs) she wanted to know like where a lot of the products come from and i said well what a better way than (laughs) grab a bunch of products and then you have to find out where they are and so now she's learning like who sells what types of products um by going so it's it's been kind of a fun like uh training strategy um you're helping us purge our showroom and make sure it looks good but then also you're learning what suppliers we're partners with and which products we're showing. So yeah, you know it's very interesting because I didn't want to lead the conversation, but that's what we did. We always had the new <laughs> we always had new people who come who were coming from outside the industry for the first three to six months. They were in charge of the showroom. Mm-hmm. They were in charge of cleaning it. Um, but it wasn't a hazing thing. But I mean, someone's got to clean it. Someone's got to dust it. You got to start it. somewhere. You got to yeah, start but, somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a great. I think Stephen hit on something here. It is such a great tactile training ground. For people to really understand the subtle, sometimes very subtle differences between apparel. And then what we always use it for as well is, what did you like? What what struck you? You know, once you started getting in there and you start really picking up products and touching them and feeling them, what did you like and what didn't you like and why? And that would always help us kind of look at the next iteration 
of the showroom. What stays, what goes, what needs to be refreshed, so on and so forth. No, I think that that is a good idea because a lot of those people, they are new. They don't get to see the products firsthand. They don't have the experience that you do or we do. And Mm -hmm. getting them out there to actually sort through everything, touch and feel everything. They can see the difference between a tri-blend and a CVC or whatever. And I think it is a really good idea to have them out there and maintaining it. But keeping it fresh, and I think, is the best idea. To touch on what Steven said, oh, my God, I would hate to be his rep. (laughs) Hey, Meg, go look at at those 17 racks. Of apparel, pick through it. No, and tell me what's we're not, we don't have that many racks. Well, but oh, we also, kill we also, me. we they do have four showrooms, though. <laughs> yeah, we also allowed people to, you know, you know, when we also had kind of a, it was always a fun thing when it was time to clean it out and refresh it. It wasn't just a section. We would take everything out of there. We'd kind of get, you know, bring in a couple beers, kind of shut down at three or four o'clock on a Friday, a little bit early, and have everybody help. And then if we knew we were getting rid of everything. Take take what you want. Yes, yes. I actually do that to my garage up twice a year. And <laughs> all the kids come over. When I was on the hard good side, I literally had a promotional product graveyard in my basement. You get the beers out for the kids? No, I just make them do the it. <laughs> but they're, now that I have the apparel, I have to purge my rack every year. But sometimes it's twice a year because I have so much stuff and I have samples that are continuously coming in. The kids and their friends come over and I'm like, you guys can take from all of this stuff. Just don't touch this rack or these two racks or whatever. And I literally get rid of almost 90 percent of it and the rest of it i just take to a homeless shelter well we we um we, we redid our showroom probably going on three if not four years ago um i was at a a, a power meeting and i had seen a um some some catalog advertisements for apparel and i was like man this is just kind of kind of inspired me and then i was, it wasn't too long after that i heard a story about uh what nike does with their showrooms um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. For their like internal, they do they create like these lockers, and inside oh, cool. each each locker, they say they put a different person, like a, a persona per se, and they say this person has you know two hundred and fifty dollars. It's a seventeen year old high school soccer soccer playing girl. What would she buy from Nike? And so then they build out her locker, and then they do you know for. Uh, a 12-year-old boy who plays football and then they do you know an adult intramural you know and then a jogger and then so basically they create all these profiles of people and they 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 use a $250 spend and then they put all of the product categories that fit those people and I was like what a great idea of how to do a showroom because we have types of customers and so what we did specifically with apparel is we realized there's there's pretty much for us. There's there's four general categories. There's corporate wear, athleisure, work wear, and then what we call like just the promo, you know, uh, distribution of apparel. So we created our apparel side with four different walls. One of them has like um, astroturf on it and a locker built in, and that's like our athleisure wall. And then cool. the other Very one's cool. a, a um, pallet shelving with conduit coming out as the shelves, um, you know, where we hang like workwear and, you know, vests and things like that. So it, it fits the different modes. And we were, we were like, man, I hope we hit, we haven't had anyone not be able to find something in one of those four categories. So that's super cool. It's, it certainly helps. Um, but yeah, we're kind of drawing that inspiration from both, uh, what we've seen in catalogs and then from Nike, I thought it was pretty cool. Well, real quick to flip the switch, what do you think about suppliers having showrooms? Like, do you do you ever ha- like go to a supplier to look at their showroom by any chance? I'm just curious because people have you asked know, me, but not many. 
Yeah, so we um, we're not we're not close enough to be honest with you to gotcha. to many where it would make sense. However, we you know when when Alpha Broder at the time had a place out in Charlotte, um, you know we we went and visited that, and they had a very similar type of feel, but it was all by brand. So each of the brands had its own little staple point, and we actually used that a lot for our social content. So we were able to get really good imaging and then use that for you know social posting and, and things like that. We didn't use it for any type of end-user meetings, or, but it was, it was helpful for us to see you know, how do people display them, what are the different point-of-sale display options. Um, you know, so there's there's some yeah there's some value to it. Um, you just have to have enough people around you where it makes sense. I think there's a lot of facilities and factories and where they're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, I don't know how much value those would get or how much exposure they would get unless they're just using it for you know digital advertising. So gotcha. That's some really good feedback, Jeff. Do you have a showroom? Uh, we used to, but when when we moved. Um because we we actually moved our warehouse uh, a couple years back and so we're actually it's funny because our warehouse is huge and the lot that uh, that the warehouse is on is huge but we're actually leasing um office space basically across the street um because we don't we haven't built out an office or anything like that so once all that's finally taken care of uh i'm sure that we'll build out another showroom but it's rare actually that we get uh customers that come in it might be a couple times a year but uh, it would yeah. it would still be worth it to have i'm sure um you know just to have something up and to show all the time and you know a good a good thing for us actually to use would be like old uh, like you know years back like prior um you know trade show booths and stuff like that you know we could pop one of those up in the in the quote-unquote showroom so that it's up and you know it's it's available for any anybody that comes through you can almost give them the whole trade show right uh, right factor atmosphere yeah i i agree with you i mean we don't have one so i i wish we did even if it was on the smaller side like i had a customer call me up a couple of months ago and i was like hey i'm gonna be up in your neck of the woods i have a new guy i'm gonna swing by sandbar sand, not sandbar sandmar and i would like to swing by your place and do a quick um like just check out your showroom and i'm like yikes i was like well how about i just come by because we don't have a showroom so i definitely missed out on that and i do think it would be nice to have something just a small trade show set up where we could set up by the vertical markets or whatever and then people could come in when they're picking up their orders take a look around or just use it for imaging for social media like steven said i just i love that idea like hey come in take some pictures of the goods put it on your social media or i could even take people up there and do a quick factory tour quick meeting yeah. i would i would love that that would actually be like super ideal to do like a quarterly quick factory tour quick showroom you know i'm i, I dig that for sure one of um i was just gonna say one of the things that we we, we try to do is just figure out, yeah, I think you guys are kind of hitting it all too. It's like, what are you going to use it for, right? So we, yeah. our, our showroom is, is great because we try to make our building an appointment only kind of an atmosphere. But when our salespeople are going out too, we realize they want to take products with them. And if we don't have it in the showroom, they're probably not taking it with them. So it is kind of like our, our, our nicely presented storage closet, you know, for mm-hmm. all of our sales meetings. So yeah, to your point, you guys have almost like a traveling showroom and showcase. Yeah, you know, basically you know, right? on, mm-hmm. the, on the go. We don't have that, so we just pull from the showroom. So, kind of double dipping on on the product side. So, gotcha. Yeah, some, some All really, great. Yeah, some really great conversation here, and I think there's always, you know, 
I think it's it's a it's it's a challenging thing. Do you, is it worth having the showroom? And if it is, it's not just set it and forget it. You got to keep up with it. You you right. have to make it uh, you have to make it uh, client friendly. You have to keep it fresh. You have to keep it clean. Um, I mean, last thing you'd want is, for example, water stains on any oh, sort of no. furniture in your showroom. Which is why our good friends at Fall Promotions have gotten into the coaster game, right? They want to make sure to protect tables, no water rings. It's very ugly. It's unsightly and, frankly, unprofessional. And so they have created a whole list of farmhouse or a whole group of farmhouse-inspired coasters, locally sourced wood, leatherette, and slate, all printed in full color. They know they make great coasters. They make really shitty Frisbees. So if you want to learn more (laughs) about their coasters... And get uh, uh, EQP on your first order and a free promo set, a free self-promo set of those coasters. Head over to shittyfrisbees.com to learn more and grab those free coasters. Guys, as always, a great podcast, and we'll talk to you next week. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.